0: Hey everyone, this is Chad. I'm the founder and CEO of mission.org and the host of Mission Daily, the number one podcast for accelerated learning. Mission Daily was recently selected as best of 2018 by Apple for a reason. In every single episode, you're going to learn actionable strategies that you can apply to your life to become healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Welcome to Mission Daily, and we have a special episode of the Mission Daily today because we're going to do an episode of the story after show as an episode of the Mission Daily. So what does that mean for you? It means that you're going to get to hear some of the biggest lessons learned from two of our stories that we just told in our season for January, which was transformations. That was the theme of the season. And if you're not familiar with the story, it tells the unknown backstories of people who changed the world. So stay tuned and prepare for the after show on Mission Daily.
1: Today, we're talking about two people who are near and dear to my heart. This is Stephanie Postles, and I'm joined by Chad Grills, and we're talking about Oprah Winfrey and Jim Carrey. Yes. So the two of them I have watched and followed ever since I was little, starting with Jim Carrey. I mean, everything he always did was hilarious to me, but then Oprah as well. So what are we going to talk about with these two special people today?
0: There's one theme that ties these stories together, and that is a belief, a belief that the future can be better than the past. And that is something that carried both of these individuals through really tough times. And it's something that when you talk about belief, when you talk about faith, people rightly so, have accustomed to think of religion and think of a whole bunch of unnecessary baggage basically around those words. And what we're talking about today is just a belief and a faith that the future can be better than the past. Oftentimes, that is the only thing that you're going to have to keep going, keep putting one foot in front of the other. And if that's all you have, have to rely on it, have to keep betting on it, have to keep stoking those fires of belief, however possible. And in both Oprah's story and in Jim Carrey's story, I think that there are fascinating ideas for people who want to stoke those own, you know, stoke their own fires of belief. And there are some really practical things that Carrie did and that Oprah did that I think anybody can apply. They're very simple things that we forget. Success sometimes is the result of a lot of simple things done really, really well. And both of these people did simple things incredibly, incredibly well.
1: Yep. Should we start with Oprah Winfrey? So Oprah had a crazy upbringing a lot of horrible things happened to her and i just love how every single time especially at the turning point when she got sent to her dad's house her being able to choose that she wanted to choose a different life even after all the horrible things that happened before before that point
0: it was a small choice that she had the power to make and it's easy to think that oh because this isn't perfect i don't want to choose it i don't want to make things a little bit better today because it's not going to result in the exact thing I want, complete freedom or something like that. So when that tendency creeps up to postpone making decisions or postpone making big changes because they're not 100% perfect or 100% ideal, I think that part of the story was a great reminder where sometimes you have to choose the lesser of two evils. Sometimes there are no good choices. And in fact, oftentimes (laughs) there are no optimal choices. There are only choices that are less bad.
1: Yep. Love that. And that's exactly what happened with Oprah, where she chose the less bad path that ended up helping her spiral her into the exact career path that she wanted and made her what she is today through all those less bad choices that at the time might've seemed like they were getting nowhere, that she wasn't getting to where she wanted to be, but look at her now.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about an interesting challenge and thought experiment for everyone out there that's listening that I've done personally and a number of people I know have done this, which is basically exploring your earliest interests and natural hobbies, basically. Your, your natural things that you were interested in when you were very, very young, when you were in that period, kind of like pre-culture period, before you went out into elementary school and schools and churches had their model of the world hoist upon you. Before all of that, what were you interested in? What were you doing? And in Oprah's case, her grandmother would look back on her life and say, you've been talking and trying to do what you're doing now basically all your life from a very, very early age. And one of the things I did when I left the military was start to explore those things. And it was a very zigzagging, haphazard approach of just exploring all of my early interests and thinking really hard, okay, wait, what was I doing when I was, when I was two, when I was three? I think our society is extremely uh, ageist in many different ways. And oftentimes we look at young people as just being silly, foolish, cute, when in reality, they might be demonstrating their natural proclivities, their natural things that inspire them, that really get them going and that stoke the fires of belief in their own minds. And when I look back at a lot of my early behavior, so writing, storytelling, illustrating things, inventing things, trying to create things, make people laugh, putting on shows, putting on plays, that's the type of stuff that you can pull into the present day you can pull into your job you can carve out time for those same pursuits and what you might find and what i found is that that's where the real recharging is that's where the real opportunities lie but i don't think i would have found them it's almost as if i had wool over my eyes or something along those lines that i you know, when i left the military i was sketch i spent a lot of time like drawing cartoons I spent a lot of time trying many many different business ideas that were all loosely related to my earliest interest and wow, was that time worth it. It was It was worth investigating what type of choices you would make when there wasn't this huge body of people around you telling you, nudging you, coaxing you into what to choose.
1: Yep. And I also think it's a really important point that sometimes people can't remember what they were doing in their early days. I know originally I really couldn't think back to, well, what did I like? It's pretty hard to remember, especially back when you're saying two or three years old. But what I love about Oprah's story is that her grandmother wasn't surprised. So it makes me think you can always go to your family members and say, hey, what do you remember about me as a kid and start pulling that out of them? And then I'm sure memories are going to come back of like, oh, yeah, like you said, I love sketching and I love creating stories and I love putting on plays and talking and doing all this stuff that it just might help spark a memory that you wouldn't remember otherwise.
0: Yeah, I think picture books are a great place to start. And what's really, really interesting and fascinating about the human mind is it will often produce results based on the questions you ask yourself and so before sleep each night ask yourself what you want to know ask yourself what you can't remember and uh, in a way demand that your mind your subconscious bring it to conscious and the mind has a weird way of delivering exactly what you demand of it
1: yep and i would say jim carrey moving on to him was the exact same when it came to exploring interests that he had from an early age. He was performing in front of his family, trying to make a hard situation better by, you know, doing jokes and impersonations and things like that. And same type of thing, coming back to what you liked when you were a kid and look, look where it's gotten him now.
0: Yeah. And there are some uh, classic parts of the story where you know he writes himself a check for $10 million and dates it five years or whatever it is in the future on one of the nights that he drives up to the Hollywood sign, overlooks the city. And again, that type of unshakable belief and not a Pollyannish attitude, not the secret. Although both Oprah and uh, Jim Carrey, I think get lumped in that class of people. There's a lot of people out there that are pretty lame. I don't think Carrie and I don't think Oprah are even close to that, uh, that class of, of person basically, because they not only Put in the belief, but they put in the hard work necessary to create those experiences. Because as much as the universe will deliver what you think and what you what you work towards, I think that the universe rewards the risk takers. It, it rewards the people that hold out belief and hold out courage and then have the courage to keep acting when there is no clear evidence that their actions are ever going to come to like full fruition.
1: Yep. And yeah. And when Jim Carrey wrote the check for $10 million and dated it five years in the future, didn't that come true? He got a $10 million check
0: Yeah, it's almost at
1: exactly that point.
0: Basically, it's exactly that. One of his first big checks for act, acting services rendered was from the mask. And yeah.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. It's definitely very good to think about how He probably did not at the time when he was writing that out, he probably was battling with thinking like, can I actually get here versus I know I can do it. I mean, think about the back and forth that you would have with writing like a check to yourself for $10 million and just being able to push past that feeling. That's how you get to the next level. That's how you get to your dreams, your goals, everything you want by pushing past that uncomfortable feeling of like, I don't know if I can do this, or I don't know if this is realistic and just believing in yourself and your abilities and then continuing, like you said, to put in the hard work every single day to get there exactly
0: and if you're not intimidated and questioning yourself about the audacity of your goals and your beliefs when you're writing things down and writing down what you're going to do and what is going to happen then you're not thinking big enough you're not dreaming big enough so don't be afraid to have a level of belief that is might feel a little bit shaky at first and don't be afraid to write down crazy crazy goals crazy ideals we've been talking a lot about economics and finances and money and that's one end of the equation. I think a bigger challenge and what's way harder to define is what does a happy future for you, your friends and your family look like? What is a future that is beyond what you currently think is possible for everyone? Because I think that whenever we're in a family situation or a situation with friends, we think that the upper limits of how good things could be are capped. I think that that is a a really, really bad and a pernicious bias that we all fall into where we think, oh, people can't change or just because people haven't changed up until a certain point, it really doesn't mean that they're not going to change in the future. It doesn't mean that there isn't that one thing you could really figure out or a series of things that maybe you do or become that then inspire everybody else to become their best self or inspire others to shake off silly limiting beliefs that they've been holding for decades. There's no telling what the future holds for your friends, for your family. So don't just think economics here. Think about what does a perfect Thanksgiving dinner look like? What does a perfect Christmas look like or whatever holiday it is that you celebrate? And that is where I think real opportunities for love and connection lie is start dreaming about it right now. Write it out. What does it look like? What are the types of things that the people in your family, in your inner circle would be saying to you if it was happening?
1: Agree. All right. And I think that's a great place to end on a quote from Jim Carrey. He says, it is better to risk starving to death than surrender. If you give up on your dreams, what's left?
0: Wise words from a man who had to live in a closet for a while to realize his dream.
1: Love it. All right. See you next time. See
0: ya. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. Our clients include companies like Salesforce, they customer times five, Twilio and Katera who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org studios. If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right.
1: Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.